Hey y'all, welcome to the Roots of Change podcast. I'm Sam Chavez, founder of the Roots of Change Agency and Curious Human. Here, we connect with people who are boldly creating change in today's social, political, tech, and media landscapes. We also have a newsletter where we get to the roots of how to cultivate social change. Find us and subscribe at rootschangemedia.com. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. Hey y'all. This is Sam with Roots of Change, and we are back with our conversation with social healing practitioner, Emily Mitnick. Um, Yesterday, we actually recorded a really awesome podcast um, about the window of tolerance. We listened to it today, and um, we quickly realized that we wanted to cover so much in a really small amount of time, and that just doesn't lend itself for a lot. And so... Rather than too quickly digging into the realm of healing social ecosystems and how that relates to activism, we figured let's get back on, um, talk about the window of tolerance, and then pick up on a part of our conversation that we really love that was super juicy around the individual versus our collective role in healing social ecosystems and how we do that with the window of tolerance. So I'm welcoming Emily back on um, to to talk about the window of tolerance before we pick up on that combo. Yeah, thanks, Sam. I'm feeling really excited that we made this decision. And I just want to, before jumping into the window of tolerance, I want to just have a really nerdy moment of celebration. <laughs> uh, what Sam and I actually did was we checked in Mm -hmm. and noticed that both of us were feeling really uneasy in our bodies when we were listening to the podcast. And that is actually, we use that information Mm -hmm. to help us realize that we were not in the place that we wanted to be with the podcast. And so that's just me nerding out. And pointing out that these tools of developing somatic awareness can be used universally. Yeah, great point. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So window of tolerance, Sam mentioned this term. The window of tolerance is a model that was developed by interpersonal neurobiologist Dan Siegel lots of info out there about him. You want to learn more than what we share here. I highly recommend Googling window of tolerance, comma, Dan Siegel. You'll be amazed with what you find. And the window of tolerance is a state where our relational brain, the parts of our brain that allow us to be in relationship with ourselves, with others, with the world around us, with beliefs, ideas, is online. That's really what the window of tolerance is. And when the relational parts of our brain are online, we have the capacity for creativity, problem solving, resourcing, which is what helps us to remain in the window of tolerance. Um, Yeah, this is the space where we are able to come into our wholeness, where we are able to tap into joy, pleasure, all of these things. When we leave our window of tolerance because we are in 
survival mode, uh, the relational part of our brain actually shuts off Hmm. because we need to direct our energy to our survival or to our protection. So when you hear about being dysregulated, that actually means that we have left our window of tolerance and we are either going into hyperarousal, fight, flight, or high freeze, deer in headlights, or we are dysregulated and moving into hypoarousal, which is freezing via dissociation. And in both of these spaces, we realize that our survival is threatened and in hyper arousal, fight, flight, or high freeze, we realize that survival is still possible. And Mm -hmm. so we, our bodies use up a lot of energy, or we realize that survival is probably not possible. And so we dissociate or leave our body, which is actually the most energy intensive Mm, state. Interesting. Yeah. So that (laughs) is a, a very, very brief overview of the window of tolerance. But the big idea here is that within the window of tolerance, our relational brain is online. And when we are dysregulated and move into either hyper arousal or hypo arousal, our relational brain is not online. Mm -hmm. Something that I think is really important Mm -hmm. to take note of is that being in a state where our nervous system is regulated, being within our window of tolerance does not mean that we are calm. Mm, Yes. That feels really, really important to name. We can actually experience big feelings within our window of tolerance. Mm -hmm. The difference between experiencing these big feelings in our window of tolerance versus in a dysregulated state is that we can be in relationship with our experience of these feelings. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. I think it's especially important within activist spaces to differentiate that because a lot of times activists are deemed angry and, you know, especially most, a lot of activists are people of color, women, marginalized communities who are disrespected by most mainstream systems and a lot of that tends to fall on emotions so it's important for us at least in ourselves to understand what that difference is so that we can show up in ways that are healthy yeah definitely and because when we are in a regulated state we have the potential for choice yeah Mm -hmm. we can decide how to express our emotions. Yeah. Whereas when we are in a dysregulated state, we do not have choice. We are absolutely on autopilot. Amazing. Thank you so much. I, I actually learned like new things just from this, you know, short, short review. So thank you. I think actually there's one more important piece thinking about the part of the conversation that we're going to share. Yeah. And that is that trauma shrinks our window of tolerance Mm -hmm. and doing somatic healing work can 
help us expand our window of tolerance. So the window of tolerance is something that can change in size. Mm. Awesome. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I think we're now going to jump into the final part of the conversation. Um, and this is really just bringing into uh, wholeness a lot of what you shared around the window of tolerance just now, um, and then how that relates to both our individual healing and then the collective healing that we're all trying to do. So I hope you enjoy the rest of the conversation. How are you seeing that balance between the personal and the collective, like particularly around the window of tolerance because of, you know, this place and time that we are in? The way that I am seeing this play out, uh, the window of tolerance mm -hmm. play out on a collective level in this moment is that we're in a moment of window shrinkage. Yes. Big moment of window shrinkage. And the reason why that's happening is that even if most of us are not directly experiencing physical violence and mm -hmm. that trauma, our own traumas, the witnessing of it mm -hmm. activates a lot with, within ourselves. It activates trauma mm -hmm. that lives within us especially when it is unprocessed. <laughs> that was my question was around unprocessed trauma because, you know, we talk about the window shrinkage and there's a lot of reasons why part of that began with the Trump years, but especially the pandemic and how that impacted the global collective. So like, Yes, I think that has been, you know, the reactions that we saw during the pandemic and, and we're still in the pandemic um, have been really hard for a lot of people to see. And I think not everyone is seeing that link between our window of tolerances and what's happening today. Yes, yes. Um, it's a really, really important moment for healing to happen and I am really heartened to see a lot of grassroots mm -hmm. organizations holding space for for healing to happen yeah absolutely and I am also still just devastated that we have not created space for the necessary collective healing, the necessary mourning and grieving mm -hmm. from the pandemic. Yeah. And all of the loss that we, that we all endured during that time, mm -hmm. not even, not even just loss of life, but loss of safety. Yeah. Uh, loss of sense of community care. Um, guardrails yeah trust in institutions yeah. all of those things have really been shattered I guess my question is you know as individuals where do we go in this moment like how no matter where mm -hmm. we are on our healing journey understanding that like the pandemic and mm -hmm. the increasing <laughs> destruction of you know cultural and societal norms that have just fallen apart in this time like how do we navigate that 
so that we can stay whole and healthy. It's a really big question. Before you got to the whole and healthy part, <laughs> I was like, we got to undermine systems of oppression. <laughs> but I think the wholeness and yeah. the being well mm-hmm. while being in relationship with activism, with our deep grief, with our work around social change is just, it's so so critical Mm -hmm. for the sustainability of the movement yeah um how do we move through this moment I think by doing our best to be gentle with ourselves Mm -hmm. to be gentle with others this world is really really brutal and sharp and tough and there is violence that we don't we're not even aware of because we've just come to accept it as normal yeah i think doing our best to remember that we were all once children we were all once babies and trying to bring that same compassion that we would to a baby that we would to a child to ourselves mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah yeah finding one moment over the course of a day to take a deep breath and remember that that breath belongs to us. Mm -hmm. And remembering that everyone is worthy of that same pause, of that same rest. and really starting starting small, starting with noticing. Mm-hmm. Because I think also what happens for better, for me, it's for better. <laughs> but sometimes it's really painful. But like once we see, we can't unsee. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think for me, that's been a really potent catalyst mm-hmm. for this work. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm reminded of uh, Glennon Doyle, I don't know if this is what she coined, but she called it brutal. Yeah. And I, I really feel like life is very brutal right now um, because there is a lot of joy and beauty that is happening in the movement that you spoke to and the ability for us to talk about somatic healing and to talk about ourselves and to set boundaries the way we frankly haven't done in healthy ways, um, in, at least in the United States. And so I, yeah, I just really appreciate that of coming back, like nurturing that child in yourself and seeing that childlike self in others. Um, you know, I think we can build and set ourselves up so that we are protecting ourselves while also being open to possibility and open to that connection. Um, I know online talk is so violent and hateful right now, but I go out to the bodegas and the coffee shops and 
everyone is very kind and it's just finding those connection points that we haven't really that you know is is scary sometimes mm -hmm. um i know we have to wrap so i would love to just offer you the space for anything else you want to bring in here um and leave us with mm. I think a lot about the notion of wholeness, which we discussed in some of our earlier conversations and wholeness can be really terrifying. Mm. The idea of coming into wholeness because it, it requires us to be with all of ourselves. Yeah. And um, yeah, sometimes the road there is a really, really bumpy one. Mm -hmm. We have to traverse a lot of unknowns, unknown territory. Um, I think what I would love to invite is just a moment to envision your own wholeness and your own liberation in the deepest, deepest sense of that word, being free to be mm. all of yourself. And just imagining what that might look like. What would you get up and do every day? What would it feel like yeah. to be in your wholeness, to be embodied? And to think about what the world would look like if we were all able to exist in our wholeness. Yeah. And notice what happens in your body. Notice if it clenches, notice if it releases, notice if tears come, notice if walls come up and just pay attention. There is no wrong way to visualize this, but just notice and think about wow, if defenses come up, what is standing in my way of what's here, right? Yeah. What is keeping me from wholeness? Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's where, that's what I would like to offer. Thank you for inviting me to have this conversation in, um, in a recorded way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, thank you for agreeing. Yeah, this has been really lovely. And that vision that you just gave, um, it sounds very beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope everyone can, can dive a little bit deeper into themselves and, and feel that love. Um, so thank you. And hopefully we will have this chat um on air again mm -hmm. uh there's so much more to talk about around mm -hmm. mental health and somatic healing and mm -hmm. and how this work can build the movement that we are working towards in a liberated sustainable world um so thank you emily and um just so everyone knows we have this will be on a podcast form so if you go to substack you can actually get this on your favorite um 
podcast app. And then we'll also have this up on YouTube. So really appreciate everyone um, that joined and listened today and hope you keep listening and keep reading. And we will be back again next week at Roots of Change. So thank you so much. And again, thank you, Emily. Yeah, thanks. And that's a wrap on this week's The Roots of Change podcast. This episode was produced by the Roots of Change Agency and Did You Know? Production and outreach support by Britt Holmes and Brian Wolf. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We are a 100% listener-supported newsletter and podcast. If you like what you heard, consider giving us a follow, subscribing to our newsletter, or donating to support our work. The Roots of Change Agency was founded to support organizations, campaigns, and activists to avoid burnout and tell empathetic stories to cultivate connections that empower social change. Until next time.